Welcome to Humans of Fintech, the podcast where I share the inspiring stories of diverse leaders bringing equity to financial systems through fintech. I'm Nicole Casperson. So most schools do not cover money skills or financial education in their curriculum, resulting in a major financial literacy crisis in America. So meet Fintech Step, the platform that empowers kids and adults to build credit, invest, save, and spend, letting younger consumers develop good financial habits before they enter adulthood. And the platform has turned into a national movement. In less than two years, Step has been able to help more than 4 million customers establish a strong financial foundation. The company is working to build financial literacy curriculums for schools nationwide. I'm really excited to learn about that. Today, I'm sitting down with the founder and CEO, CJ McDonald. Welcome to Humans of Fintech. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so excited to learn more about Step. So first, though, on the show, we like to learn about the founder and your values. So your background really influences your career, your leadership, your trajectory. I firmly believe in that. What got you interested in financial education? Yeah. I mean, as an entrepreneur, I'm looking for big problems and, you know, to innovate. And I found both a niche and a passion disrupting large, you know, industries that were ripe for automation and technology. And, you know, financial services is one of those things that, you know, personally, it bugged me that schools don't teach kids about money and families don't talk about money. And as money's evolved and changed and technology's evolved and changed over the years, saw an opportunity because, you know, you're forming good habits and bad habits in life when you're younger and money's no different. And so when you don't learn about it, you know, it's one of those things that uh, you create bad habits early on. And for a lot of people, you know, that means debt or damaging your credit. So, you know, very passionate about, you know, improving the financial future of the next generation. Mm, I'm also really passionate about technology's capabilities of pushing that mission forward. Mm -hmm. But is there any kind of like, was there an aha moment? Did you have, do you have kids? Like, did your kid go through something? Did you go through something as a kid? Like what kind of, when was that moment where you were like, all right, I got to fix this? Yeah. So my grandfather used to give my sisters and I U.S. savings bonds Mm. growing up. And I really didn't understand what he was doing, but obviously he was investing in our future. And rather than giving us books or toys, you know, for the holidays or for graduation, he'd give us a savings bond, which was a piece of paper, you know, and, you know, we'd give it to our parents. What is this? (laughs) What is it? Right. And we'd give it to our parents. And, you know, my parents put it in a junk drawer in the kitchen with a yellow post-it note that had my name with a rubber band around all my savings bonds and my sister's. And again, I didn't really appreciate or understand what he was doing. But when I graduated from school and I went to buy a house, I called my mom and I said, you know, those savings bonds, where are they? How much is there? And can you send them to me? And my mom FedExed me an envelope with the savings bonds, not very secure or safe. <laughs> and I went in and I cashed them. And it wasn't about the amount of money, although, you know, as a recent college grad, it was a fair amount of money, but it was more that experience that I remember. And so I tell you that because I was a big inspiration and then I have kids. And so I started thinking about what is that opportunity for my parents to give back to my kids. And I started looking for products and services out there. And I couldn't find something that was really tailored towards this next generation. So that was my aha moment to, you know, inspire me to start stuff. Did you ever look at some of the older institutions and kind of what they, like I had mentioned at the top, like some of the things that they have tried to do with financial education and almost like even some gamification, right, for kids. 
did none of that resonated with you? No, I look, I think at the end of the day, like you really need to understand your customer, mm -hmm. right? And the world's evolving, technology's evolving and whatnot. So we spent a lot of time thinking about the customer experience. We spent a lot of time like, what does this next generation expect? How do we tailor to them in a safe, responsible way? And there's some great options out there. We wanted to create something that was unique and different. Mm -hmm. And unique and different you have, and it has started a movement. I want to start at the top. When did Step officially launch? Yeah. Start? So started working on it about five years ago. Wow. I, I mentioned, you know, kids were a big inspiration for it. It took us a couple of years. I mean, we're dealing with people's, you know, money and identity. And so, you know, security and building a trusted platform is really important. So we spent years kind of building the, the product, building the platform. We officially launched during COVID in October of 2020. So, you know, we've been available to the general public just under two and a half years now. Mm. So that actually, I mean, you know, what ended up being kind of the sweet spot with COVID. Yeah. Uh, and kids yeah. finally seeing yeah. finance as a tool or, yeah. well, maybe during COVID, they were seeing it more as like a game. Yeah. But still, you know, gamification has kind of gotten a bad rep in our industry. Yeah. However, it can be used for good and it can be used for to help that financial education. How does STEP work. Yeah. So look, at the end of the day, we're an FDIC insured, you know, financial service platform. We offer a FDIC insured bank account. We offer a secured visa spending card, which is accepted anywhere globally that visa is accepted. We now starting today allow this next generation to invest in the stock market. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of what we're doing is providing, you know, financial access to this next generation in a responsible form. You know, if you're under 18, there's parent involvement. It gives you a platform to talk to your kids about money. It gives you an opportunity to start investing at an earlier age. So it's that access, it's that experience that I lacked growing up that I hope we can pass on to, you know, millions of folks uh, in this next generation. Well, I mean, the experience part is huge. I often, you know, when I'm kind of getting my own like feedback of experience or even just seeing on the internet, you know, uh, the younger generation is can be ruthless. Yeah. They will let you know. Yeah. I've seen, uh, you know, Reddit AMAs where someone from, you know, a, a more traditional institution is like, ask me anything about the stock market. And all they do is say, why is your app not as good as this fintech company? Yeah. Like, why is your app? Because if it was, I would want to use you. And, you know, my parent would kind of have that yeah. trust. You had, you know, mentioned prior to this podcast that, you know, getting that trust and buy-in from parents is actually the the hardest part. I'm an adult yeah. and my mom to this day is like, SoFi? Why? Yeah. Like, SoFi? And I'm just like, is amazing, mom. But like, you know what I mean? And so... It's a generational thing, right? Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't flinch to connect my bank account to, you know, a financial app, mm -hmm. you know, like Venmo or, or something like that. My parents, it's, they don't necessarily trust that. And it's just a generational, you know, shift and movement that I think is happened, right? And as you think about this next generation, their expectations, you know, are much, much higher. Mm. And, you know, they want instant, they want access. And so that's something that we, you know, provide to them. Mm. And I feel like you kind of have, what I like is the parent involvement piece. Who's it harder to get the buy-in from? It's got to be the parent. The parent. I mean, right? we... The kid comes in through social, right? Could be social. I mean, again, they, they find it in lots of different ways. They hear about it from a friend. They might see something on social media. We really try to lean into culture and lifestyle. Right. You know, when you think about financial services, whether you're rich or poor, you need to understand how the financial ecosystem, you know, works just to live. 
right? To put a roof over your head, clothes on your back, food on the table. And so, you know, we provide that in a responsible way and try to ultimately go where our users are, which they live on social media. Mm. And so can we provide educational content on social media that gets them to learn about something like investing or learn about building credit? There's all these different aspects that if you talk their language, it's a lot easier to connect with Mm. them. And maybe there's some even learning for the parent side, right? To teach them how to talk to their kids about finance. I grew up with an immigrant mom who was always on top of our finances. However, the conversation was really like, just save. And that's it. And that was the conversation. (laughs) But I didn't really get to, I never was actively learning. So how do you kind of, I love that there's like a community around not just the kids, but the parents as well. And you've kind of holistically created this culture in this community. How do you kind of go about actually doing that? Yeah. I mean, we're a brand for the next generation, right? And so in order to enable someone that's 16, we have to have parent involvement, right? right? And we give a platform that parents can talk to their kids about money. Kids can learn about money. And we want to start young, right? Because that's when you're forming good habits and bad habits in life. And we want to grow with that consumer each step of their journey in life and offer relevant financial products and services. So the foundation starts with a bank account, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, saving is really important, you know, so to have a platform where you can save is important. If you're fortunate enough to be able to invest even small dollar amounts, like, and you do that earlier on and you're learning, you know, about the stock market and you're learning how it works. My daughter's 10 now. She's starting to ask questions and, you know, they're very, very smart and things stick with them. And, you know, I just think the earlier on that you can provide some of the tools and access to learn, the better off you're going to be in life. Like I said, money's just one of those things that you don't learn about in school. And so the smarter you are and the decisions that you make, you know, at an earlier age are going to help set you up for success in life. Right. It's knowledge of money is power, not necessarily having a lot of money is power. And I think when you learn that early on, I had to become grown to to learn that one one myself at work and get the experiences of what debt is like or, you know, what living paycheck is like. And I had to go through that. And that's how most Americans live. And it's so interesting because I think, and you know, my audience is largely, you know, other entrepreneurs and fintech professionals like yourself who are also building to try to bring more financial inclusion and education to their applications. And, you know, I think that they struggle with what will resonate because it can't just be, it can be content, but it can't just be like, oh, well, someone, an executive at our company is just going to, you know, talk about stocks. It has to be done in like a very unique way that caters to your community and helps them understand it. It's striking a balance, right? You want to be fun and entertaining. You want to connect with them, but you got to be educational and you got to be serious and you got to be trustworthy and stuff like that. So if it's all fun and games, you might not be viewed as trustworthy, right? And so striking that balance is really important. And you asked about community. It's, it's, we really, truly try to, you know, understand, you know, our customer. And again, a parent, is very different than a teenager, right? The way that a parent consumes media is very different than the way that a teenager consumes media. The platforms that they are engaged with is very different. You know, a parent might be more engaged on Instagram or Facebook and a teenager might be on TikTok and Snapchat, Mm. right? And understanding the dynamics of how these different platforms work, understanding, you know, that you need to provide content that's digestible and fun and entertaining educational, it's a balance. Yeah. And we walk it every single day and we try to provide 
an awesome product and platform mm -hmm. for our customer base. Is there an education, like a piece of educational content or something from, I know you tap into like influencer marketing yeah. and kind of promoting your very famous investors coming from all walks of life who are also parents. But is there any like specific piece of content that educational wise that tends to resonate most with kids? I think, I mean, with kids, I think that, you know, something that's easily digestible, mm. right? And again, it's, there's different platforms, right? You look at something like YouTube where you could have more long form and you could have something that, you know, you have a little bit more time to educate or tell your story versus something like TikTok where you've got seconds. Right. And being able to understand and recognize that there might be different moments in time or moments in your journey to be able to go in depth on something or just touch on it. Mm -hmm. And then maybe you can go in depth later. But making that initial connection is really important. And, you know, I think for us right now, like we're super excited about our investing platform that just launched today mm -hmm. and providing access to the next generation around stocks and investing. Mm -hmm. Is there... What's the game plan for now that you've launched that? Like, yeah. What's the game plan to start? Okay, so we've gotten our, our customers, I mean, 4 million, right? Yep. Like I said, a movement to be able to understand savings and spending and build their credit scores. What's like the evolution with stocks? Like what's the game plan to educate them on that? Because that's really where it starts to get yeah. a little bit more yeah. complex. Yeah. Look, stock, I mean, investing is a long-term play. Mm -hmm. right? The, you know, get rich fast is there's people that do it and there's people that want it, but anything in terms of investing, it's a long-term play, right? And so we're investing in our customer base today, providing them access, but a strong foundation that they can build on top of. Mm. And so like our products that you see today, like we've laid the foundation, you've got a bank account, you right. have a card, you have the ability to invest in the stock market, right? And then we're just going to continue to make you know, the product better and add features and add education so you can learn, right? We talked about the world's evolving, the world's changing. Yeah. But like, it starts with having that strong foundation. You can't build a house on sand. Mm. And so, you know, it's building the right brand, it's building the right product, and then it's continuing to iterate and innovate and really disrupt an industry that there hasn't been a lot of innovation and disruption over the course of the last 50 years. Mm. So true. And talk to me about Stepfest. Yeah. And you're having one this year. Tell me about it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Tell me about it. I'm like, what is this like? So financial <laughs> literacy and financial education is really important to us. Right. And we visit schools every day and we talk about money 101 basics and what it means to build positive credit, what the difference between a debit card and a credit card is, saving versus spending. So we're on campuses and that's our demographic. That's our audience, right? Students that are in high school, boots students that are in the college, ground, boots campuses. on the ground. And so we wanted to do something fun. So last year during Financial Literacy Month, which is April, we ran a contest and we said the school that gets the most kids to sign up, you know, for STEP is going to win the concert of a lifetime. And, you know, we tapped a few of our investors. So one of our investors is the Chainsmokers. One of our investors is Charlie D'Amelio. And, you know, we ultimately said, we're going to do this concert and we want you to come perform, you know, at the winning school. And so last year, the Chainsmokers headlined the you know concert. Charlie came and basically emceed the whole day. We donated money to the winning school. There was a student that won an educational grant that we offered. And it was such a success that we're running it back this year. So Step Fest 2023 is going to be hosted at the winning school. Mm. And the school that gets the most students to sign up. And then we've got a financial literacy curriculum that we're also getting students to go through and try to learn about money. 
So it's part educational, it's part fun. And then at the end, there's going to be a school that has a pretty cool day where there'll be a concert on campus. Do parents get to go to the concert? They could if they want to. <laughs> and see it all in They in could if they life. want to. Yeah. There I were mean, a lot of parents that wanted to go see the Chainsmokers last year. I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm like, should I go to the one yeah, uh, this year? This I, year? I am personally inviting you right now. <laughs> I'm like, so, I love concerts. Yeah. Amazing. And I want oh, I want to get to the financial education curriculum. Yeah. But kind of back to, to Step Best, like how it's that blend that we were talking about, like that blend of culture, bringing music in, bringing yeah. like a contest in. And I think today I talk to fintech companies all the time and <laughs> it's the job. And there tends to be this like hesitation yeah. as if we do still need to be a little more like buttoned up. up. And that we can't integrate with culture when the reality is, even though us in our industry, we think that, oh, there's already education out there. Or we think, you know, oh, well, people should know, you know, fintech, especially in the U.S., because we have such a large bank population, there's this thought that we just need to provide consumers with more options instead of getting to the foundational issue. And that's what I really like about Step is that you got to the foundational issue and started with kids and their parents and bridging those conversations and the whole thing. So that's, and I feel like Step Best is kind of that coming into fruition. Yeah. It's again, I mentioned it's part of understanding your customer, Mm -hmm. right? And your customer base. And for me, I think one of the most rewarding and eye-opening experience was if I was going to invest the next 10, 20 years of my life doing something, I wanted to make sure that I really understood the problem. And I also wanted to understand the demographic because I was building a product for a demographic that I am not. So I think the most eye-opening experience for me was before I started Step, I personally went to the movie theaters at 6 p.m. on Friday night for three months straight. I personally went to Starbucks after school at 2.30 p.m. for three months straight. I was a creepy guy in the corner (laughs) watching folks kind of just interact. And I wanted to understand what their relationship with money looked like. Were they paying with card or cash? You know, did they have a bank account on their phone? But I also wanted to understand what music they were listening to, what clothing brands they were wearing, what restaurants they ate at, because that's part of the lifestyle and culture aspect that we wanted to build a brand Mm. around our customer, right? And so something, a financial service platform putting on a concert like Stepfest, right? It's something that is, it's not about the concert, right? Mm. It's about telling the story. It's about connecting with your user base, which again, we've got teenagers and we have parents and everything in between. Exactly. So we're truly trying to build that generational shift and a brand and a product for the next generation. Yeah. And will you hit on the the story element? And that is also something that, you know, my audience, I tend to have to kind of bring out of them, right? I have to help them understand that, you know, today a story like you have to create, if you do not create the narrative around you, someone else will. Yeah. So you should own it and you should create yours and exactly control your destiny. But what would you say to the other fintech founders and you know entrepreneurs that are listening to this who may be struggling to tell their stories? You know, how how did you get so like grounded in being like this is the direction, this is the story, this is the voice? Yeah, never give up, mm-hmm. right? There's going to be highs and lows, and there's going to be days that don't make sense, and you know that's part of the entrepreneurial journey. But never give up. If it was easy, everyone would be doing it. So true. There's going to be a lot of highs and a lot of lows. And I think you've got to be able to overcome any obstacle because there's going to be a lot of obstacles along the way. And for a lot of people, it's easy to give up, Mm. right? The easy route is you have a bad day, you have a bad quarter, you have a bad year, and some people just give up and you can't do that, you know? So keep fighting, stay positive, 
surround yourself with awesome people. And the last thing I'll say is I think having like grounded mentors that really know you and could be in your industry or out of your industry, mm -hmm. but the people you surround yourself, the team, the mentors, your investors, it's really important. Mm -hmm. And yeah, well, if you don't, just like a narrative, if you don't surround yourself in the environment that is going to shape you best, then whatever environment is around you is what will shape you. Exactly. And so you have to be so intentional and active about it. And that, you know, boils down into, right, who you are hiring, who are you putting around yeah. you to make this mission happen. So love that. Amazing pieces of advice. Want to talk about the financial education yeah. part. Okay, so you are working on curriculum. Yep. This is something you're working with states. This is something that we're trying to get, like, rolled out nationwide. What is the goal here? Because... Yeah. I want this to happen everywhere. Yeah. I would do anything well, let's, to let's learn. Let's move it together. Yeah, let's do it. I would rather have learned so much more about financial education than, you know, what did they teach when I was in school? Pre-Cal? Yeah. Was it? I mean, <laughs> the schools will teach you, they'll teach you home economics, they'll teach yeah. you sex ed, you know, but so they, don't, they don't talk about money. Yeah. And I think there's a little bit of a shift. There are states that are starting to introduce financial curriculum into the graduation process. But there's still, most states don't, right? And so for us, we built a curriculum that is free. It's online, right? Okay. So you can access it anytime. And again, you're striking the balance because you want to make it educational, but you also have to make it fun and engaging so somebody wants to go through it, mm -hmm. right? Money is one of those things where it's not the easiest thing to talk about. It's not when you're having hard times, like, I mean, look what we just went through with COVID, right? right. I mean, there's a lot of businesses that were impacted. There are a lot of jobs and families that were impacted and stuff like that. And so how can you make it educational, entertaining, and fun? So we built a curriculum. I mentioned we're visiting campuses. We're trying to make it, you know, both interactive and engaging, but educational. And just learning the basics is a starting point. And then as you understand the basics, we can start to layer on some more complexities around Things like investing and what does it mean to invest and what are the risks with investing? We're looking at the board right now. There's a lot of red, right? <laughs> and it's very volatile. Yeah. Right. And so you need to understand what you're doing and strongly encourage people to take baby steps, educate yourself and talk to people that have the experience that you don't to understand. And, you know, with time, you'll learn. Are you trying to make it something that a school would like help kind of promote and like fuel because I, I mean, I would love to see the day where it's mandatory. Mandatory, yeah. You know? Me too. And I think we've got a little bit of time before that happens, right. but we are talking to answer your question. We are talking to states. We are talking to local government officials about how do we introduce this and mandate it across schools in the state, in the district. So we're having lots of conversations with school districts right now with administrators. Um, we have an awesome advisory board that helps kind of navigate the school system. And like I said, at a local state and national level, we want to see movement. And I'd love to see all states require you to take financial literacy curriculum and courses to just, you know, educate and promote this next generation to understand, you know, the difference between good and bad as right. it pertains to money. Right. Well, and it's like, if we're not going to build it, then there's always going to be, especially with social media and TikTok, there's always going to be that exposure of, of bad financial advice. Yeah. And I uh, remember when, when GameStop happened and the kind of yeah. financial fintock yeah. movement yeah. started coming out. Um, and, and I was a reporter at the time that was such a huge concern yeah. for, for industry professionals. And I was like, 
the millennial being like, look, you don't got to dance on the app. Yeah. But like maybe if we were just more involved in that, yeah. uh, whether it be through through TikTok, whether it be through an educational you know, curriculum that we can promote through schools and it's an online ed- engaging course. If we're not the ones at the front of that, right. then someone else will be. Will be. And that's a problem yeah. <laughs> if it's not us as professionals taking control of that and being able to offer that. So I think that's like, Another narrative in our heads that we just need to, like, we can be the disruptor yeah. and use all of the things that fintech is capable of for good instead of things like, you know, promoting bad financial behaviors like spending more or overspending or that type of thing. Instead, getting to that foundation. I mean, fintech has unlocked, yeah. like, all sorts of access and tools that I didn't have when I was growing up, Yeah, right? I remember opening up my first brokerage account with E-Trade and just to deposit money into my E-Trade account was like a multi-week like week process, <laughs> right? And now yeah. you can sign up for a bank account and a brokerage account from your kitchen table within a matter of minutes, mm. right? And you can start learning and you can start, basically you're granted access immediately, mm-hmm. right? And Again, it's just, I wish I had some of the access when I was growing up, which was a big driver to start step and to enable this next generation to have the tools and the access and learn at an earlier age. Yeah. And I think what's so also unique is that, so Gen Z is and millennials are, they're nearly 50% of the population at this point. And they are inheriting over $500 billion of wealth every year. Crazy. And yeah, I know it's a recent Fidelity report. And, you know, there's still industry professionals that don't see the value in catering to them. So, I mean, you're ahead of the game there. But they're also the most diverse generation with, ah, the stat is leaving my head, but it's, they're the most diverse generation and they care about diversity the most. How do you think about that when it comes to the financial inclusivity and even just as you're kind of building out your own team and making sure that there's all sorts of voices in the room so that you can cater to that? the most diverse demographic that we're seeing. Yeah. I mean, obviously, when I think about our customer base, like it's very diverse, mm-hmm. right? We have people from all walks of life, geographically scattered all over the country. We've got one of our customers here, you know, Ryan from Omaha, Nebraska. And um, it's great to meet him and, and, you know, hear his story and learn how in Omaha, he found out about us on social media and took the leap a couple of years ago yeah. when we launched and is a staple of like what we want to do for millions of other folks and families in the United States. So it's important for our customer base. As I talked about, we lean into culture and we lean into lifestyle. And then internally, we try to carry that you know same value across our leadership team, across our company. There's people from all different walks of life. We're based in the Bay Area, mm-hmm. but you know we've got people all over the world right. that power and enable us to do what we do every single day. Right. And well, and it's like having diverse, diversity means so many things, right? It's so much more. Yes, it's gender. Yes, it's ethnicity, but it's neurodiversity. It's background. It's, you know, someone doesn't necessarily have to come from finance or fintech or tech, right? They can come from other industries and bring that in into the industry. I think that's one of the unlocks as well for entrepreneurs to be able to shape fintech into its true potential and and what it can be. But well, as we close out, I'm going to ask my closer question, one of my favorites, which is if we need to be the change that we wish to see, what change do you want to see in fintech and how do you embody that? Yeah, I think we're in the early, early innings of fintech. 
right? Yeah. I mean, when you think about it, fintech, you know, really didn't exist 10 plus years ago. Yeah. And there's been some great companies that have blazed the, the path, you know, and have enabled millions of families and Americans to have immediate access to some of these tools and stuff like that. For me, being in the early innings, I'm just so excited to see where this can go. I mean, when you think about mobile penetration, when you think about, you know, how things have just digitized so quickly, you're not going to need bank accounts, you know, like everything's going to live on our phone. I don't really carry a wallet around anymore with things like Apple Pay and the ability to transfer <laughs> yeah. money instantly and stuff like that. So I'm just excited about where fintech is going to go. And there's a lot of people that talk about it and there's big banks that bash fintechs and this and that. But fintech is dead. Is I think coming headline. together, I think stronger collaboration, I think further innovation is going to be really exciting to see over the course of the next 10 years. And when we're sitting up here 10 years from now to look back at some of the things that were being done and how it's evolved, it's going to be exciting. I mean, wild to think about what can happen in the next 10 years yeah. uh, with FinTech. Hopefully we're seeing the STEP curriculum nationwide. Yes. Across. That's what I'm manifesting it. Let's I, do it. I want it to happen. Let's do it. I'm here, I'm here for it. Um, thank you so much thank for you. joining me on Humans of FinTech. This has been such a pleasure in the iconic NASDAQ market site. Doesn't get any better than this. Yeah, I know. Thanks, Appreciate everyone. what you do. Yes, thank, thank you. you. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. To hear our next story from another diverse leader, be sure to tune in next week. And if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to our show and give it a five-star rating as it helps our message reach more people who want to find belonging too. Thanks for tuning in.